Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We've been studying together in the book of Romans, and today we will finish out Romans chapter number 4, and I sure have enjoyed this great chapter on the topic of justification by faith. Nothing we do makes us right with God. It is Jesus Christ and His righteousness and that alone that can make a man right with God. We are justified, happy in Jesus today. The sins we committed are all in the past. They've been forgiven and He holds us fast. We're justified, happy in Jesus today. Nothing in our hands that we bring but simply to the cross we cling. We cannot boast in anything, no wealth, no power, nor wisdom, but we can boast in Jesus Christ, His death, and His resurrection. And that's how a man is made right with God, the righteousness of God. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Paul will pin to the Ephesians, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God lest any man should boast by the deeds of the flesh shall no uh, by the deeds of the law rather shall no flesh be justified nothing you can do no baptism you can uh, be a part of no work you can complete no moral standard you can uphold no commandment that you can watch over and apply to your life will ever make you have the smile of god will never make you uh, uh, saved will never make you right positionally with the lord it's only the righteousness of jesus christ imputed uh, to you that that's what gets the job done. Now, Paul has been using the illustration of Abraham throughout this chapter. He's dealing with Jewish people in the city of Rome. The Jews had uh, a little prejudice against the Gentiles. They, uh, in fact, in chapter one, Paul blatantly just lays out the sin of the Gentiles and not the Jews were saying, amen. But in chapter two, he turns it on to the Jew. No doubt they said, oh, me. They thought somehow they were better than the Gentile because they had the law and they had Moses, they had Abraham, they had the circumcision. And Paul just blasts all of that faulty Bible thinking out of the water. And he shows them for all of sin to come short of the glory of God, the Jew has to get saved just like the Gentile. The Gentile needs to get saved and just like the Jew. Abraham is the father of all the faithful, all of those who have faith. Abraham is their father. Abraham was justified, Genesis 15, by believing. God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It was not his outward work of the flesh or circumcision. In chapter 17, he was justified a decade and a half before Genesis chapter 17. And the same is true with us, and it was true for the Jews in Paul's day, that they were not justified by where they went or what they did or what they wore, the title that they had, but it was Jesus Christ and him alone that could make a man right in the sight of a holy God. Now, Abraham staggered not. God made Abraham a great promise. He made of him a promise. He'd make of him a great nation. Abraham had a wife named Sarai who was barren. Sarah could not give birth to children. And Abraham, um, I believe, made a, a mistake and uh, laid with his uh, the, the, the maid of the house, Hagar, and Ishmael was born. And a lot of the problems we deal with in our world today comes through that line of Ishmael. But God promised Abram one born to him. And Sarah would be his heir. 
And God gave him that son of promise. Now, he made him that promise when he was 75 years old. And then he reiterated that promise when he was 90 years old. And then he saw that promise come to fruition when Abram was a century, a hundred years old. Now, that defies logic. That defies science. That defies the medical industry. There's no possible way the physical body should be able to do that. Sarah being 90, Abram being 100. I mean, if you saw them walking down the road, you'd say they're ready for the retirement center, not the nursery. They were ready uh, to fall asleep in the rocking chair, but not rock a baby in their arms. I mean, they might have been ready for some Geritol, but not baby powder. I mean, you saw Abram coming down, Abraham coming down the road and Sarai with him. You thought, oh, who's, uh, this is grandma and grandpa, great-grandma, great-grandpa. But no, that's mommy and daddy. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm sure there were naysayers. I'm sure anybody they whispered it to would have laughed. Sarah herself laughed at God when he made the promise. And though Abraham did have faith enough to believe God, like, can you imagine the uh, atmosphere around him was full of faithlessness to that promise? But I like what it said in verse 20 that Abram staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief didn't make him doubt. Unbelief didn't make him waffle. Unbelief didn't make him question. Rather, his faith was strong. It tells us that he was, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Think about that. He was strong in his faith. He took God at his word and that brought glory to God. By the way, that's how you and I bring glory to God as well as by obeying the word of God, by obeying his promises, by following his uh, uh, leadership, by staying in his will. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God promised he could perform. That's a good place to say amen. There's nothing complicated about that. It's simple. The Christian life is not difficult. It is simple. You just believe God. Have faith in God. Believe what God promised he's able to perform. Faith is taking God at what he said. Trusting God. Abraham simply trusted that God told him he'd have a son and that God could provide him with the son. And when Abraham believed God's promise, righteousness was imputed unto him. In God's ledger, Abraham's faith in God was entered as the righteousness of God. In God's mind... Trusting him uh, is a substitute for righteousness. So you give him your faith, he gives you his righteousness. Faith in God equals the righteousness of God. When Abraham trusted God, God imputed or recorded or accounted or determined him to be righteous in the mind of God. So as far as God was concerned, Abraham trusted God and because of that, Abraham was now righteous in his sight. Abraham's faith became synonymous with righteousness. Verse 23 says, Now it was not written, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So these final verses are the application of the argument made in this chapter. Paul is making this final statement to take the truth, make it plain for his audience. The record of Abraham's imputed justification was not simply recorded for Abraham, but it was recorded for us. The same mode of operation that God used in the situation of Abraham is the mode of operation in this season as well.
God works the same. The promise is for us, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So here's what it means. Today, right now, in simple faith, if we will trust God, we can be justified. If we will trust God who raised Jesus from the dead, we too will be justified. So it's the same principle that was at work in the life and example of Abram or Abraham. Now, lastly, the apostle describes Jesus. He describes the gospel. Jesus was delivered for our offenses. That means he was given up for our sin. Isaiah 53, 12. Romans 5, 12. Romans, uh, what is that? Romans 5, 8. God committed his love towards us. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So Christ was delivered for our offenses. He did not die for his sin. He died for yours. He did not die for his transgression. He died for yours. He did not die for his iniquity. He died for yours. He was delivered for our offenses. And I like the second half, was raised again for our justification. He became sin for us who knew no sin. And then after dying on the cross, he came forth triumphantly, resurrected, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and his resurrection completed the redemptive work and made justification possible for you and I. So don't ever say the resurrection is not vital. It is vital. The gospels, the death, burial, and here's what seals the deal, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus had not risen, then you and I could not be saved. If he had not risen, we could never be made right with God if he had not risen, we would have no means of justification. So the truth of Romans chapter 4 is this. All are justified. If you're justified, all of us are justified by faith in the God of Abraham. The same way Abraham was justified, you and I are. How? By believing God believing that God delivered Jesus for our offenses and he raised him from the dead on the third day. Well, until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.